Well, we, Sarah and I and the kids were down in Atlanta. It would have been a year ago uh, before Thanksgiving. And we had a common occurrence. It happens probably once or twice a year um, where uh, I was with, we were, we were staying with Sarah's sister at, the, at her apartment and the, the ladies were having a little birthday party or something and the guys were intended to watch the kids, you know, make sure they're, you know, staying safe and fed and take them to the bathroom and just generally care for them. And so we were having a good time. It's kind of at, like, um, apartments that have, like, the club room, you know, there's a pool table and some couches and uh, outside there's a pool. It had all the, all the stuff. So we were there you know, playing games and that sort of thing. And the, the, the boys wanted to play soccer, which seemed like something the kids normally do. And so they're playing soccer there uh, at the inside, at the, the little club room area there. And I think I, I must have been, I was outside doing something, pushing, doing something with uh, Addy, it would have been. And I come in, and the soccer game had kind of a mishap. Um, Jonah was, was running and somehow fell. And there was a column there. And somehow he came down and gashed his eyebrow right on the, on the edge of the column. And I, I had seen this kind of situation before where the blood is just like dripping down the whole face. And that had happened to Sam a couple of years earlier, um, you know, you quickly try and look at it. Okay, where is it? I, I saw where it was coming from, uh, and thankfully, uh, Anna is the sister's place we're at. Lived five minutes from Children's of Atlanta, which she had said the day before. You know, the, this is the best hospital in in the area, and I thought, oh, that's good, and. And so I thought, oh, I know, I knew exactly where it was. We hopped in the car, brought Jonah to the ER. You know, they stitched him up. He still has a scar there, but um, that—that's the. To me, that picture is sort of the heart of what God wants to do for us. Um, you know, me as a father, I see Jonah bloodied and just, you know, beaten up. And God wants to take us and heal us or, you know, help us in our healing. And, and he indeed, in, in that case, I wasn't the one who healed him. I just got him there. Um, but God wants to heal our wounds. He wants to heal our brokenness. Um, that's, that's what he wants to do for us. Um, you know, in our, our family, usually at home, I actually am the, the, the bandage person. So if kids do get even a minor cut, they'll come and it's almost, uh, they probably just want a bandage that is, uh, uh, has some theme, like uh, um, the Frozen movie or something. But, so, but, the, but that, that, as, as parents do that for their children, that's what God wants to do 
for us. And um, broken, broken hearts are abounding. And, and we'll talk about it, but it, it, it happens in a, in a lot of different ways, whether it's circumstances that are just difficult, um, you know, even, even, even married people or people that are friends uh, can, can hurt each other and we get wounded. Um, you know, I think about even like if I'm, we have intentions. I might intend to be saying something kind or helpful and the way it's received, it's like there's a huge gap between there often and it, it has to be God that even helps us with that gap. And you know that Satan loves to get in that gap and have it be twisted uh, the wrong way so that um, people take it the wrong way and take an offense. And, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll be wounded and the person didn't even really intend it, but maybe we were wounded from something prior. So we're, you know, mistaking something and you just kind of are uh, adding up wounds um, from prior wounds. Um, so what I want to talk about today and just pull out um, one portion of this scripture is that, that God does want healing um, for the brokenhearted, which is all of us. Uh, let's, be, let's be honest that um, it's kind of like sin. If you say you've never sinned, well, you're a liar. And it's kind of like if, if you say you've never or don't, if you've never had a broken heart or just been crushed, well, you're a liar too. I mean, we've, we've, all, been, we've all been crushed. So let's first um, take a look just at, at the narrative. And there's a, a few things I want to pull out of it. Um, from the reading today. So the, the gist of this is that um, G- Jesus is sort of beginning his ministry. I started off with, it's kind of the end of the temptation. So he's, he's tempted by the devil, just kind of a serious uh, difficulty that he went through, and he's kind of beginning his ministry. Um, going around, preaching, uh, healing people. And he goes back to Nazareth. And you think of Nazareth. Is, is Nazareth like the, the best of places or the worst of places? So Nazareth is where he's from, where he grew up. And Nazareth is the lowest of places. So... Uh, the, elsewhere it says, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? So if you're ever feeling, uh, feeling low, that, that, that's where Jesus is from. He's from the lowest of places. And if you think about it, you know, people are, the people are looking for the Messiah to come. First of all, they're not going to look for him coming from Nazareth or being in Nazareth. It's um, and they're also looking for the Messiah as, you know, someone who's going to come with a show of force. It's like uh, the, the, 
the Jewish people at that time were under oppression from Rome. So uh, just terribly treated, under oppression, and they are looking for someone to come in majesty and power and, and take them from their sorrow and from their oppression and lift them up. So they're thinking he's coming, you know, with, with power, with might, and he's going to fight the oppressor and he's going to lift them up. So that, to, to us, I think that's the way we would think of, that's the healing we need. You know, that's what we would think of. We need, we need this situation to be righted. I, I need whoever did that to me to have justice. Um, so we think of kind of this show of, show of power. And this is what they were, this is what they were looking for in the Messiah. And there are, there are a lot of verses about um, Jesus coming in power. Um, but there are also verses about him coming uh, in meekness. And that, that's what he's doing here. So he's, he's uh, starting a ministry in the lowest of places here uh, in Nazareth. And not only is he going to the lowest place, but be, because these people know him, you know, he grew up in that area and they know his mom and his family. That, to him, it's like, well, who are you? You know, you're just, uh, you're just another guy here. Um, so not only does he come in lowliness, but he's rejected by, by the people there, essentially. Um, but nonetheless, he, he comes to Nazareth um, and we'll just read a little, little bit more. Um, uh, and he came to Nazareth, Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And as, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. Sorry, Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And that's really what, what we're going to talk about today, primarily. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Um, so this... This portion of scripture we know is we know is important, and we know that it's uh, just on God's heart. He's he's here reading what had been written in Isaiah. I think it's around seven hundred years earlier. So that that idea of God wanting to heal the brokenhearted was written long, long before this. And um, this is something that Jesus is coming to fulfill years later, that he's wanting to heal the, the, the broken hearts that we have, that the people of this day had, that uh, basically that, that all of um, humanity uh, has is that broken heart. 
So secondly, let's, let's look a little bit at just what, it, what that means to have a broken heart and who, who are, it's a, it's a common condition. It's a condition that we, we all have and experience. And I just want to talk a little bit about um, who we are, I guess. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, differences, I guess, between people. And, we, and we, could, we could look at any number of differences. Um, so I've been doing cultural diversity training at work. And as I think about it, there are so many differences, even, even when I think about between Sarah and I, we, we have differences. When, um, there's differences in the culture of my family to Sarah's family. Uh, there's differences in, you know, my work culture and church culture. And so there, there are so many differences out there, and it feels like that's generally what people are focused on. It's like, hey, you're different than me. And, but the, the reality, God's reality is that every one of us is um, the, the same, in a sense. In his eyes, we are all, every one of us, precious to him. Um, I, it's just so sad. The, I, just it's all the confusion, all the fighting. And we know that it's the devil getting in the way. He kind of gets in that gap. But in God's eyes, each one of us just has immense value. And partly or wholly because we're, we're made in his image. Um, and the, the, the diff, the, 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 it's like a blessing and a curse, I guess. Part of being made in his image is that ability to choose. You know, God has... God is like the, 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 the creative power and the, uh, all, all of that power that comes from him. It's like the, the little bit of choice that we have that he gives us um, is partly the, the, what it is to be made in his image. But we mess it up so much that uh, um, in, in terms of what we choose, that it's, it, it kind of is a reason a lot of the brokenness happens is that we're, even if we have good intentions, a lot of times the choices we make are hurting others and, and doing that breaking. But the point here I want to first make is that, that we as people have that infinite value in God's eyes um, and that all the, all the differences we see in, in the last day, there's, there will be one distinction made, and Jesus talks about it as the sheep and the goats. So it's like you can be this or this or that, but at the last day, you're going to be a sheep or you're going to be a goat. And um, so we want, I, that, that's not the point of the sermon, but, but it is. We make all these distinctions and... God, God makes one important distinction, 
but he it is his it is his heart that we that we are all saved and that we are all the sheep as it were um, in that um, something that's been helpful to me and I'd like to just il- illustrate because that's what I'd rather draw than talk but um, it's uh, in in thinking about um, who we are and what is our makeup, uh, there's sort of a, I guess I'll call it a diagram that, um, that has helped me. So I'll, you might not be able to see, but I'll try and draw it. And, and it, it starts to, for me it gets to a lot of things that what I'm going to do here, it, it helps, it, it's been the, probably the, maybe the clearest way for me to understand just salvation and, and what's happening, but also kind of the spiritual life and, and in conjunction with what we're talking about today, God healing our broken heart. It's a, it's a way of thinking for me that helps me to understand how God is working. And it's part of what our makeup is. So I'll, I'll draw and try and show it here, and hopefully you can see a little bit. And there's a, the verse that I'm kind of getting this from is um, in First uh, Thessalonians 5.23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's that body, soul, and spirit and the, the way God is working and the hierarchy of those that I want to kind of illustrate. And this has been helpful to me, and I, I go back to it a lot, but to me it just helps understand uh, things. So I, I will draw this and, and kind of um, show it to you if you can see. So first I'll draw, it's just a circle. So if you think about the body, the body or our flesh is what this outer one represents. So that's the outer one. And so our body is, you know, it's interacting with the world. We can see it. I can see all of you. Um, I, I see your bodies sitting there. You know, some people are paying attention. Some people are smiling. Uh, most people are paying attention, so that's good. But that's our body. That's, I mean, that's what we're interacting with. Obviously, that's the words that are coming out of my body. My body's making the words. So that's, that's what we see, and that's what is most um, tangible. Okay? So at, inside all of our bodies is something more important than our body. And, and this verse talks about the soul. So that goes inside. You, you see the body, you see the outer circle. The soul is, is in there. Can't see it as much. So we, we talk about the soul as being the mind, the will, and the emotions. Um, so you think about your mind, it's your, your thinking, um, very important. You kind of think about your brain in there as being your mind, I guess. Um, you think about the, the emotions, which, and this gets at what we're talking about. To me, the emotions, if you want to give it a picture, we call it the heart. I, 
we just do that. We call our heart is, you know, where our emotions come from. There's a physical organ in there, like a beating heart. Um, but that's what we think of when we think of our emotions. We think of our heart. So it's mind, will, and emotions. And the will is, I, to me, I think of it as like the connection. Somewhere in there, you're thinking and you've got this rational side. And then you've got this heart that is like, you know, I want to do the right thing or whatever it's your feeling, and then your will is somehow connecting those. And we know some people are way, if we want to stereotype, guys are probably way more rational. Women are way more emotional. And to me, in the soul, the mind, will, and the emotions, you want them all to be working well together. Okay, so that's an important part. You've got the body. We see each other. Uh, we see just, you know, skin and eyes and features. And, but deeper than that, more important than that, is our, is our soul. Um, and we, we, if we want to break that down, we think about the soul as the mind, will, and emotions. But even more important than that would be our spirit. So that's at the very center here. And I think, of, I think of spirit as our connection to God. Um, the, the word is, I, I won't say it right, it's like panoima or in, in Greek, but basically if you think of a pneumatic, um, uh, not weapon, a pneumatic uh, tool, it's an air, air tool, like a pneumatic uh, compressor or something. Basically that word spirit you can think of it kind of like like air or wind. It's like we, you know, you see you see the trees blowing. You know, there's wind. It's like a reminder of something, but you don't see it there. But our spirit is what is uh, kind of layered inside there, and that that spirit is the most precious. That that. To me, it's like that's what, you know, God sees our body and our body is important and Jesus did heal um, people and healed their physical maladies. Our soul is even more important than that um, within our body. It's like kind of you think about it as who you are. A lot of, a lot of your soul is, it's like who I am. You think of soul food, it's like, it's like, feeding your soul, but then your spirit is that thing that's uh, the deepest inside. And the, this is where it comes to, so we, we, we've seen where the heart, the heart is sort of residing in the soul, and the spirit is even deeper in there. And what I want to illustrate is first, and this is, goes along a little bit with uh, salvation and and the, um, the linkage between these, but then also um, the message today. But if you think about what is salvation, the, the person that is unsaved, this spirit here, like at the, at the center of you, that spirit is dead. You know, when Jesus said you must be born again, 
I think that's what he's talking about. It's, it's that peace in you that is at the very core that's dead. There's, there's no connection to God there. There's no light there. So if I could illustrate the unsaved person, that spirit is, is basically black. There's, there's no life there. Um, the only light or goodness that's coming in and being received is basically coming through the body. So it's like the, the spirit is black and the soul is also um, darkened in a way. It, uh, the unsaved person, the only light that they're getting is, like if I, I'm looking at these beautiful windows, the, the light is coming externally, like any, any glimpse of God's goodness is coming externally, um, while the spirit within is, is just dead. Um, so that, that's the unsaved state. But to those who are saved and have put their faith and trust in Jesus, it's a different situation. So the spirit which was in the unsaved person is small and dead. The spirit then, when, when you put your trust in Jesus, becomes alive and becomes a channel for God's word to work through. So if we drew that same thing again, we still have those same three circles. And I don't know if you can see the, the difference between them, the middle one representing the spirit, it, earlier it was like tiny, and now it's large. So that's the spirit. When you, when you become alive to God, when you put your faith in Jesus, the only, the only way of salvation, your spirit becomes alive to God and you're changed. Um, and now... The way I think about it, whereas before it was like the only goodness and light coming in is external. It's like, well, I'm having a good day now because it's sunny and warm. Today is a little less good because it's, my feet are freezing. You know, so it's all, it's all external. It's all based on your body. How's your body feeling? And then a little bit how, you know, if, you're, if you tend to be an emotional person, then it's like, how are my emotions feeling today? What did that person say rude against me? You know, I'm feeling terrible because that person said this about me or whatever. But the difference here is that when the spirit comes alive, that takes dominance. And whereas the, the only light used to be coming in externally, when you're saved and for the Christian, the light should be coming from where? The light should be coming from, from inside your spirit and radiating out. And the primary, uh, I guess, vehicle for that is God's word. His, his word enlightens us. It, you think of it, it warms us. You think of the, you know, on a day like this, the, the warmth, if we're spiritual people, that's coming from within, from, from God working in us, so that we're alive. Previously, it was this like black little hole of a spirit. And as when you're alive to God, 
um, the spirit is is primary and and giving life to each of us, and that radiates out. I mean, that's that's the intention. Um, so you can see, and to kind of bring it back to the where where our broken hearts are, where do our broken hearts fit into this? So if the spirit is at the center, the body is the outside. Our broken hearts are are happening in our soul, you know, and that's where we get we can get crushed. And it's kind of it's the circumstances that are coming at us, um, these external circumstances. And the question is, do you think God is going to heal us from the external? Like, is he going to heal us from the outside? That's not what our hope is in. Um, Jesus did come and heal people's physical um, situations. And to me, that was a picture of what he wants to do for us internally. But uh, there are people that, have a sickness or an ailment their entire life. And our hope is not in their, our physical well-being. Our hope is in our spiritual well-being. And you think about a, a lot of verses, even in Psalms, uh, it'll talk about um, just kind of being protected and God will keep you safe. And I think about those if they apply physically, that, that's great. I, I'm, I am glad to have physical safety. But more important than that is God protecting us and keeping us spiritually. And so when we have these offenses or these um, broken things that are broken, um, our heart feeling crushed, we, should, we shouldn't be looking um, for, for healing necessarily to come from the external. The healing will come internally from our spirit. So that, with that, I'll kind of wrap up a second point, basically of, of who we are, um, our makeup. You know, we're not, we're, we're we're not this or that. We are all precious. And, and then we have the, this, this kind of diagram to me is something that we all kind of share in terms of who we are. Um, so with that, I'll kind of, I'll go to the third and last point. And I'd like to give the best way for me to... Um, kind of talk about how there have been different um, situations in my own life and how God has worked is just to, just to talk about those situations. And the good thing about not preaching that much is I can just use stories from my own life and I don't use them all up immediately. But um, so I, I'd just like to give, give a few stories from my own life about how God has worked from the inside out to kind of bring healing or, or bring uh, just healing to where, where I was hurting. And with the idea that 
it, it's, it's somewhat on each of us to ask for that healing and, and to join God in the way that he works to be healed. Um, we can't just demand from God healing. We know he wants to heal our, our brokenness, but we can't just demand from God to do it the way we want him to do it, basically. Um, he has set forth a, a pattern or a, or a way to do this. And so I'll go through a few personal um, stories and kind of how God brought healing. So one of them uh, takes me back to high school. And um, so I, I had grown up in, uh, in the country, really, really rural, and I always uh, felt like I was missing out on the, all the action. There, there weren't many people. I had to bike a couple miles to go to a friend's house. But anyway, when I entered high school, it was like more people, so I was pretty excited for that. But it wasn't long until... It, so I kind of brought that insecurity of being on the outside. Because um, when I came to the high school, it was in a bigger city. This is in Wisconsin. But um, I had that mindset of I'm kind of on the outside and I really want to be cool. I want to fit in. Um, and this is, to me, I, this story makes me laugh a little bit. But I think that a lot of people actually experience this. So it, it, it is relevant, um, even if it's a little bit funny. But anyway... So that was me coming to high school. We had a, a high school event, and one of the kids who, you know, was with, kind of in the in crowd, because everybody was, except for me, it felt like at the time, he, he, he uh, aptly noted a physical characteristic I have and gave me a, a nickname that stuck with me throughout high school, into college, and actually, the old, uh, Ryan Delaney will still bring it up because I think I've mentioned this before. But um, he, he said, hey, you look like the, uh, the dude on the Keebler Elf cookie package. <laughs> so being, you know, feeling like you're on the outside and you're trying to fit in, that was not the way to kick it off. And that, that stuck. My nickname in high school was Keebler or Keebs, you know. So it was, it, that was a, a tough welcoming into, you know, this new place. And it wasn't like I, I you know, I wasn't, it, it kind of fit. It, you know, my ears are a little, as I get older, I think they droop a little bit. So I have that going. But, I mean, they, they're pretty, they have a little bit of definition that might, like, lead someone to think that. So, but it wasn't, I, I wasn't exactly mad at God or, I mean, at the time I wasn't walking with God, so I guess I could, shouldn't be mad with him anyway. But, um, but that's just, I, I feel like physical things like that can kind of crush us. Because it's, we just kind of want to fit in. 
And that, that one stuck with me for a long time. And it wasn't actually until, um, and it, it's not like I, I wasn't depressed about it. Or it wasn't like a terrible thing, but it, it, it always stuck with me and just made me feel a little bit silly. You know, like that's not exactly what you want to be nicknamed. You know, you, but anyway, it wasn't until later that God kind of um, healed me, I guess, from that. Um, and we were here at church doing the, uh, the basic seminar, and he was talking just about how um, um, characteristics that you have that, like that, that make you stand out in a way that maybe isn't um, uh, so happy for you. If you think about those as um, basically like God's mark on you, it's like, uh, God, if, if I kind of give that back to God and say, you know what, you made me this way, uh, this is all yours, so what am I going to, if people, if, if I'm feeling sad about it, I'll just let that be a remembrance that I am owned by you. And basically, if people want to say I look funny, well, take it up with God. He's the one who made me that way, you know, and it's completely freeing. I mean, it still is not like, you still don't enjoy that. But, it, but the idea is that you can take something and um, make it into something good, you know? And that is a way that it, like we were talking, it's, it's working through the Spirit and letting the Spirit be first, and that, that is a specific instance of a body feature. If I'm going to make my body primary, then I'm going to be unhappy. We all are, you know. But in that case, if your spirit is first and you're receiving comfort from God through your spirit, then he heals that. And a verse, I, I think it is good, not that we should kind of cherry pick verses, but it will be God's word that solidifies things in our heart and that kind of does bring that light. So a verse that um, goes along with this is Psalm 139.14. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. So this is, this is kind of a... I don't know, to me it's, uh, it happened a while ago in my life, but it helped build on other, other difficulties. And, and that one, I, I mean, you think about, that's probably common to all teenagers, or I mean all of us really, but when, when you're younger, um, it's, it's harder to deal with, with things like that. So I do, I, I do think that example is applicable widely, um, even though it's kind of funny now, and hopefully it's just funny in my past for me. Um, so that's one example. Um, another example of God healing me and doing a work in me happened, um, and this was like a season of life, 
So I'm, I'm an architect now, 2021. I graduated, graduated from school in 2009. And that, if you remember, that was recession time of 2008. So uh, bad time to graduate and try and find a job. Um, so 2009 graduated. 2010, 2011, 2000, it, was, it wasn't until three years later that I got a job in what I had studied. So that was like three years of um, just kind of being down. Um, and it's kind of like, God, what are you doing? You know, why? I was walking with God at the time, so he was... Um, encouraging me in a way it, it wasn't um but it it's just like a time of low like you're brought low and i know we all have times like that too and in a sense it's like heart being is like being broken all the time just like why why is this happening um and so that that was an extended period of just kind of being brought low for me and essentially heart being broken um, in terms of I, I kind of have my plans over here and I think God's plans should be aligning with mine and they weren't quite aligning for a long time. And um, I, I think we can have situations like that where uh, our heart is being broken because things are not going the way we think they should be. Um, and so the, there was the, this verse was um, helpful to me at that time, and I don't know why. Uh, it, um, I'll, I'll read it and try and explain, but it's from Job. And Sarah might laugh, because I, I remember having this at the end of my email signature during that time. Uh, the verses from Job 19.25 and 26, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. So... Uh, in that time, I, I think I was basically saying, like, this is a low time, but I know. It's like, I know my Redeemer liveth, and I might not be sensing that life immediately right now, but it's like a hope. God, God did give me a hope uh, for the future, even though I was in a, a low time at that point. Um, and, and that was, God was walking with me through that. In the first example, that was before I came to know the Lord in high school. But at this time when he brought me low, I, I did know him. And he did bring me encouragement through it. But you're still going through kind of a valley. He, he's with you, but it is still a valley. Um, so I'll, I'll only uh, belabor this with one, one more kind of personal story, and then I'll kind of bring it home to um, the takeaway, really, I think. But the last one, to me, that uh, ha is realizing just the brokenness around us has been 
uh, both death and aging that uh, in my life sort of has ramped up. Um, and it's, it, it, it's almost like you get to a place where um, you just, it, it's like this, is, this whole world is just broken. There, there's, our hope is not here at all, you know? Um, as, a, as a kid, I, I didn't, I don't think I experienced death at all until I was in college, and that was when my grandpa passed away. Um, and I think about even, uh, think about Solve now, I think it was, or no, maybe it was Addie. It was at Sarah's uncle's funeral recently. She's two, I think it was her Solve, but in the middle of the funeral, everybody's sad. And when you're a kid, you're just not sad about that. You, it's like, I don't even know what's going on. But as we get older, Death just becomes more and more impactful, obviously. Um, you know, it was the first real death I experienced was of my grandpa, um, who I was close with. And then, you know, my one grandma died, and then uh, other grandpa and grandma, and then aunts and uncles. It's like you start to mount up people, and, and you get... You start to get kind of in uh, just missing people, you know, and um, uh, obviously here with um, Sarah's dad passing away, and I think it was 2013. Um, people that are close to you and people that you're close with, uh, where it just kind of leaves a space and if we get back to it it's it's I think it's leaving a space in your heart you know in that location in the diagram there's leaving there's something missing there's something broken there um, and then obviously recently with uh, and I probably shouldn't talk about it because I'll I'll start to break up but with with Ron's passing, um, and obviously it's harder for for family for Stacy and Zach and them. But even with me, you think about things that you know. I I come I I I'm a person who's like visionary, and I'm thinking, oh, we should do this, or I should do that, or that. They have all these ideas, even with. With Ron had a lot was included in a lot of the the big ideas I had because he he knew how to do everything and you know it's like okay we're gonna need Ron for that but um, so it, it in a way there's like a a space or a hole left when when people pass on and um, it's it's in our heart. Um, and I, I think the big point that I want to make today is that our heart is important to God, and he does want to heal that brokenness in our heart. But it can't be done by focusing on lower things. If you think about the body at the bottom, the soul in the middle, and the spirit at the top, 
the healing comes from within and, and, and through the spirit. That's where the, the light and the, the warmth, I would say, comes from. The truth is what does that. And I'll wrap it up, but the, I think the main takeaway, and it kind of ties it back to the beginning. You think about Jesus. Did he come with power and force and I'm going to make this happen? He didn't. He came as lowly as possible. And we're, I mean, we're getting into the, the Christmas season where that's very evident. He came as low as he could, basically. Um, and, and the way of healing is not trying to grab it and force it. The way of healing is to align ourselves with God and to, to make ourselves low, to humble ourselves. You know, there's a, a place we can come to, and I think a lot of people who maybe grew up with ideas about God but never really had a, a relationship with him, it's easy in pride to have a hard, something hard happen and basically say, God, you messed up. How, how could you make that happen? And it's not that we don't sometimes feel that when difficult things happen to us, but we, have, we need to lower ourselves and say, God, I have no idea what, what this situation is all about right now. And we can, we can ask God to show us, and I think he does, um, in his time, it, he might not show you immediately. Some things we're not going to know the, the why until, until we're with God. Um, to, the, to those that are walking with him and, and love him. Um, but I think we can, have, we can have that attitude of, of pride which says basically I know better and we get mad at God. And that's very natural. It's obviously very natural to do that. But the way that the example that Jesus gives us in, in all areas, in the way he was born and in this passage where he was raised, um, but also in the way that he is, basically Jesus in this passage is saying, he, this is what I. This is what my ministry is about. Um, is these things one of them to to heal the brokenhearted? But he doesn't. You think about how a politician today is trying to have a grand event. You know what I mean? Jesus was not here to make um, to make himself into a grand event and to publish himself and to lift himself up. He brought himself low and endured um, difficulty at every turn. And basically what God is asking us to do, I think, is to bring ourselves low. And that's at the place that, that he can heal us because our spirit is ready to receive the healing. And then if our spirit is... Uh, if our spirit is dominating over our soul than our spirit. You know what I mean? That, that
that healing works its way through. Um, and I, I don't know, just as one last example, and, and we can wrap up here. You think about even um, in terms of a, a husband and wife, um, which is a close relationship, obviously. Obviously, you care about each other, but uh, there are a lot of times where you just have to bring yourself low and, and be humble. And I, it's something, obviously, we're going to be working on until, until heaven. We're, but it's something that we need, to, we need to have God help us with to say, you know what? I, I, I don't know everything. I, I, I didn't mean to say it the way I just said it. You know what I mean? It's just an attitude of humility um, and an attitude that I don't know everything. I, I mess up. You know what I mean? Um, and when we have that attitude, that's something God can work, work with. Uh, it's, the, it's the clay that he can mold. And, the, and that heart that is broken and has been crushed Within there, it's, it's a channel that he can use to bring, bring healing. So I, my encouragement, I think, is, is let's, let's seek to, to enter in. As Jesus suffered and was brought low, let's, let's seek to just accept that when it, when it comes and, and be willing to... Um, uh, just be willing to let let God ha- let God reign and trust that He'll He'll take care of us in that way, and that um, that He will bring healing, even if even if there's some hole left, He will bring healing and hope if if we allow Him to. So with that, let's uh, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I do thank you for, just for the encouragement that you give us. And each of us is on a journey, and there are a lot of, a lot of days in the journey, and, and days and weeks and seasons that can be difficult, and, and we just feel broken. And I pray that each one here, that, that you would bring that encouragement, that you would bring that healing where it needs to happen uh, in our hearts and, and that ongoing healing um, as, we, as we are here and continuing our journey and continuing the walk and, and we're just in the broken world and our heart will continue to break as we as we continue to walk. Um, but I pray that you would give, give encouragement and, and give healing. And I pray if there's anyone here that, that doesn't know you, that hasn't put their faith in Jesus, um, in Jesus who came to save us, who died and, and rose again to, to show that power, I pray that... Um, that they would come to know you today and, and would even uh, come and talk with me or, or someone else here. But just if there's anyone with questions or um, 
that wants to talk about spiritual things, I pray that you would open up those channels as well. We do thank you for this time. Thank you that we can meet together and be together and just pray that your word would have its way in our hearts and that, that you would bring that healing that, that we desperately need in our lives and, and in our society, just all the people around us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.